This is Soundtrack, a music podcast about the music that impacts our lives. Every episode is a conversation of how music has shaped and influenced one's life, because music is the soundtrack to everyone's story. Soundtrack is hosted by Kaya Lifty. Hey everyone, I'm here with Kara Riley. How's it going? It is going. Yeah. We just wrapped up school. I don't know about you, but I'm ready for the school year to be done. Yes, I am as well. I'm ready to not be in this classroom that we're sitting in. <laughs> I'm very ready. We work together. We, we've been co-workers uh, for, what, three years now? Three years, yeah. yeah. And so even though I've known you for about three years, we, we never really uh, interacted with each other in the building just because of our uh, particular roles that we had. And then I had a, a situation of car problems, car problems. <laughs> and uh, you live in Grand Rapids as well. And so you were an awesome car ride to have <laughs> when I had the, the issue with my car. And <laughs> that one, kept going on. It was like yeah. just one day. And then it was like, no, two. Oh, and by the way, the next day. <laughs> hey, but your kids loved it. They did love it. They, they were all about it. Mr. Kyle. Yeah. And one of the things that happened, I mean, we had been having lunches together anyway, but one of the things that, that happened on those car rides was you playing similar music that I also am interested in. Yes. And so... The cannons. I remember cannons. Yeah. Fire. And you're like, yeah. Hell and yeah. I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was a lot more in depth. Of yes. A, of a more than just yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, uh, that kind of sparked some really great conversations. And we've had many more since yes. with uh, not just music, obviously, but <laughs> all the things. <laughs> <laughs> you grew up in. Hamilton, Michigan. Hamilton, Michigan. Yeah. This is uh, kind of, I mean, there's no real, it's a weird, it's like just uh, geographically, it's it's odd because it's in the Hamilton? middle. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. Because it's not, it's not a suburb. It's no. not a city. It's a town, but it's, it's not even a town in the middle of nowhere either. I mean, kind of. I used, I know when I went, when I first started going to Hope and all my friends were from the Chicago suburbs and I'm like, that sounds so cool. I used to say I'm from the Holland suburbs. <laughs> so, I mean, it's not really, but it's like, yeah, it's like 20 minutes outside of Holland. And I thought that sounded cooler than just I'm from some one stoplight town. But yeah, that's pretty much what it is. Yeah. What was it like um, growing up in Hamilton? I mean, it was small and a little bit boring and slow, but I mean, it was good. Uh, the school was very similar to what where we work now is, just a little bit on a smaller scale, but a lot of just country life and hunting and all that kind of stuff, which I was not very much into. But I, I mean, I enjoyed it when I was there. Yeah. I was happy to leave. <laughs> so when it comes to music, being from Hamilton, the the country life was where it started and so it reflected in your beginnings of listening to music artists like Shania Twain for mm -hmm. example yep talk about what that was like to 
at the time to listen to country? Yeah, I mean, I think for a long time, I felt like my only music interest was either like Christian music that we listened to at church or country music that we listened to like at home. And I think it just was like when you grow up in a, an environment like that, you feel like you kind of identify with that music. And it was just, I mean, it was just what everyone listened to. So that was very much what I was drawn to and what I was pulled to. And then I, I mean, I started, I mean, I started branching out more in high school, like listening to more pop type music, but it was mainly country foundational. This would have been the nineties and yeah, Shania Twain was huge. She was huge. I actually saw her like maybe four years ago. Oh yeah. It was awesome. It was like all of my dreams came true again. It was so amazing. She wore the same clothes. She looked the same. It was incredible. Are you talking about from like the come on over era? Yeah. Like the leopard like onesie. Yeah. Yeah. So she was literally, when I saw her four years ago, wearing a leopard onesie. And I don't know how old she is, but she looked so good. Anyways, it was, yeah, she was huge. I loved her. I remember I did a book report on her like in fourth grade, <laughs> like I read, she had some kind of biography out because she had kind of a weird like upbringing and I, I found it very fascinating and I, I read about her. I, I, that was my first concert and yeah, she was my favorite at the time. What was the influence of countries like for you? Was it a friends, family? Yeah, I mean, mainly my dad. Well, live music was more my dad. I mean, country, that's what all my friends listen to, what my family listened to for the most part. My brother didn't so much. My brother has always just been kind of like had a different uh, taste in music um, that I wasn't necessarily into then. But now thinking back, I'm like, oh, wow, he was actually like really cool and kind of ahead of his ahead of like his time in terms of like where we lived. But yeah, I think my dad was a huge influence in terms of like going to see live music. And that's when I really felt like music became like a big thing to me is when I got to go to shows and he took me to Shania Twain and then he took me to this country festival every summer. And so I think that's, that was where it, it grew from. I'm trying to remember, the there was a funny story with that, right? Or was the it more of just you like people watching? Oh yeah. What, I mean, so your... my mom refused to go because it like disgusted her because it was like always 95 degrees and like everybody's just like jam-packed into this like festival grounds and it's like dirty and dusty and hot and just gross. And like it was a free show. So it was like everyone was there, <laughs> which is, it was just, yes, it was great people watching with my dad. And he was just always so like willing to to go with me. And like we'd go to the, to the uh, stages where the people I wanted to see were at. And I mean, it was a cool experience. We stopped going probably in like junior high and that was kind of when I stopped going to like live music in general, just because I think when I went to high school, it was just, you just, I didn't, I just didn't make time for it. Oh. So yeah, it was good, good times at the B93 birthday bash. High school comes along and this is prime boy bands. Yeah. This is also American Idol, Kelly Clarkson. Yeah, yeah. Talk about how those artists came into your spotlight. I mean, you think like that's like, this is so like weird and dated, but like that was when I first got like a disc man 
in high school. Yeah. I know. And so we would like on our on our bus rides like to like volleyball tournaments or to sports games, like everyone would have their disc man. And that was when I started like buying more more CDs and like I started branching out from just, you know, the Shania Twains and the Dixie Chicks. And I was listening to like Maroon 5 and Kelly Clarkson. And I really weirdly loved O-Town. That was like my boy band of choice, which I know is like so weird because like, I mean, I liked NSYNC and, and Backstreet Boys, but like O-Town was my jam and I don't even know why they were so terrible, but I, <laughs> I loved them. So I think that was just more of the independence factor of it. Like I got to choose, like I would buy my CDs. I would listen to them personally, like on my own. That was where my music kind of branched out a little bit from like the country and what my parents listened to, to more of what I preferred. Was the O-Town? Liquid in- Dreams. Do you remember that? I, <laughs> vaguely. Um, I, I'm curious if the O-Town interest was from the the reality I think it was. TV show, though. I'm pretty sure it was. I don't even remember the name of that. I don't either. It was like Lou Pearlman. Yeah, right? that, that guy. He doesn't seem too no good. good. <laughs> but yeah, I don't – I mean, I couldn't even tell you like any of their names. I just like – I. I remember buying their CD and just playing it nonstop. But <laughs> Liquid Dreams <laughs> Liquid or the whole Dreams. album? <laughs> no, the whole album. I like loved it. Everybody was like, oh my gosh, the new NSYNC CD. And I'm like, but have you heard O Town? <laughs> <laughs> They're like, Justin Timberlake. I'm like, yeah, but the other guy. Yeah. I don't remember his name though. <laughs> I feel like you were delving into a bit more about the other artists that I already mentioned before I decided to oh yeah no i mean i love i love maroon five i didn't probably i didn't branch out too much honestly it was very poppy it was very what was on the radio i didn't branch out until college mainly but yeah i mean i think high school just kind of wound up with very stereotypical like what 90s girls were listening to yeah what your friends were listening yes, to. yes exactly yeah so college comes around and you have a roommate who also ends up being a, a, f- a friend of yours mm-hmm. and has this uh, incredible influence on where you would go. Yeah, de- definitely. I mean, music. in in all things, but definitely with music. She was just a very, like, eclectic, just kind of march to the beat of her own drum kind of girl. And um, she also, like, she's she ended up going on to a career in fashion. And so she was always just very, just, uh, like, ahead of the trends in music and clothes and everything. And so she started talking to me about different music she listened to, and I would go in her room and, and we listened to different stuff. And I'm like, oh, I, like, I really like how this sounds, and this is, like, totally different from what I normally listen to. And she was the first person too. like, she never listened to the radio in the car. She always had like her iPod hooked up with like her playlist and her songs. And I was like, oh, this is really cool. Like I was, you know, not, that was not, you know, normal for me. She made me two mixed CDs um, over Christmas break. And so I took them home with me and just listening to them. And I listened to them so much that when I ended up moving away to Vegas, I took them with me and they were like so scratched. I couldn't listen to them. But it just had just different artists, but it had a lot of like classic people like the Rolling Stones were on there, which weirdly I never grew up listening to. And so I heard them and I'm like, this is a cool new band. Like, who is this? (laughs) (laughs) And she was like, no, that's the Rolling Stones. And I was like, oh, I mean, I've heard of them, but like, I've never heard them. 
she really at the time was super into Ryan Adams, not to be confused with Brian Adams. And like Damien Rice and just a bunch of other artists that I really just started listening to and was like, this is really cool. The Kooks were one of them. And then I got really into the Kooks for a while. Yeah, she just, she had a huge, she had a huge influence on what I just started to kind of like delve into. Let's talk about the artists that were influential from her to you. You mentioned some already. What was unique or what stood out to you about those songs? I felt like a different connection. Like I mentioned earlier, like when I listened to country music, it was like, oh, it's very, you identify with it because of where you live and you're like, oh yeah, I know, just connect to it. But I felt like a deeper connection to these songs, just like a, like they meant something more than just talking about like going hunting and fishing and my dog and like all of that kind of stuff. It just felt a little deeper and not to say that the other stuff wasn't relevant. It just, I just felt it more and I, I love the sounds of it. And I don't know if that's just because I was so used to pop or country, which have very similar sounds. And this was so much more focused on like the instrumentals and on their voices and yeah, I just, I just felt something differently when I listened to it. And I, I thoroughly would like, like I would sit in my car and just listen to music, which I would have never done before. So yeah. um, I think a lot of that, she, the black keys were a big one too at the time that she really liked that I, I t- took on myself as well. That would have been before <clears throat> they were big too. Yes. That was her thing. <laughs> we saw the kills. Do you know who yeah, they yeah. are? We saw them at the Chicago theater when we were in college and like that was a really cool show to see and she was the first person who introduced me to kings of leon which ended up being like my all-time favorite band and they were really huge for me when i moved away and she was the she was the person who first was like hey have you heard of this band and i was like no and that was like 2006 maybe kings of leon yeah and then they went like huge in like 2008 when i moved away but yeah they were probably the biggest one she brought to me and the, probably the one we connected the most on hers was her taste was a little more edgy than mine. And mine was a little more like folky that I preferred. One thing that based on the many of the artists that you mentioned, there's kind of this smooth transition from that country to like the Kings of Leon and the Rolling yeah. Stones because there are country elements right to those artists definitely. and those songs definitely do you think that yeah played a part that probably is why too that i prefer like i love the alabama shakes yeah and i mean that can that definitely can be very i think i got sick of like the same kind of country but yeah that makes that totally makes sense you just brought me for full circle <laughs> thanks for that <laughs> oh I feel like Mumford and Sons yeah, is another Sons. that we've talked about before. And, you know, that's another step towards folk. Yeah. But once I learned too, there was like, like folk, like in folk and like indie, like rock and things like that, that those existed and it wasn't just country rock, you know, like it yeah. wasn't just one or the other. There are so many that are kind of blends of, of all things. And I think once I really listen to music that was more like that is when it it just became more a part of my life right yeah it, that's yeah you definitely can't put kings of leon in a country right or a rock, rock. it's 
or an alternative. Yeah, yeah they're just they're, such a blend. They are a blend of all three. Yeah. So. Oh, I miss them. We I know. Really, we I, haven't really talked about the new album. No, I know. And I honestly, like, I, part of me almost is hard to listen to it because I just get so nostalgic for the last. Walls? No. Or? The, like, 08 Kings of Leon. Oh, yeah, like, I'm yeah. still rocking 08 Kings of yeah. Leon really hard. Or, like, Molly's Chambers. Yeah. Like, I still, yeah. Sometimes I, I find it hard to move on from, like, that right. into their new stuff. I love Come Around Sundown. Oh, yeah. That album. Yeah. I don't know why. That's old. That That's it's like. They're one after the. 2010. Yeah, 2010. Uh, but that was after the Only by the Night um, with like, you know, Sykes on Fire. Yeah. Cold um, Desert. Yeah. So. Good stuff. Yeah. So you, you've seen Kings of Leon as well in concert. Yes. Um, <sighs> they're and, so amazing. Oh, I I would disagree with you on that. What? Well, okay. In all fairness, did you where did you see them? Chicago United Center. Okay, so I have a theory with that because well, maybe not a theory, but just maybe it was my experience. But when I first moved to Las Vegas, I was I moved by myself and I was out there by myself. And so the one thing like I felt like I could go do that wasn't like creepy or weird or like. I'm going to get taken was like go to concerts because you're like with so many people and you don't necessarily feel like you're by yourself and you can kind of fake it and pretend that you're not by yourself. Like multiple times I'd be like, oh yeah, my friends are in the bathroom or like I just make stuff up. Anyway, so I went to Kings of Leon when I had probably only been living out there for like two months and I went by myself and I ended up meeting this whole group of people and it was in this venue called The Joint, which was at the Hard Rock Hotel. And it was a, an incredibly small venue. It was very much like a theater that had, like, you know, the, the seating on the outside that went up. And then they had a huge uh, GA section in the mm -hmm. middle. And it was just – it was so small and intimate. And they were so amazing. So I think it's because you were at an arena show. Because I did see them at an arena show later. And I was like, blah. It just wasn't – it wasn't great. One thing that I and the two friends that I went with, we all said in agreement um, was they stood still the entire two hours. Oh, that's interesting because I, I so they were in the same position the entire time. Yeah, that is weird. Right. So not working the crowd, no yeah. moving around the stage, none of that. And yeah, I that's... thought that's what was the turnoff yeah. to me. No, that makes sense. I I definitely, I, I probably would be as well. I mean, when I did see them in an arena show, I don't know if I noticed that as much specifically, but I definitely just didn't get that same like excitement and that same just like feeling of like just jamming out like when they played. Yeah. But Well, what's interesting too is, I mean, the earlier stuff has more of that intimate small venue type of feel with true. their music. But even with like you, somebody, it has that kind of arena feel. Yeah. In some ways. Yeah. But no, definitely. They they are a garage type of band. Yeah, for sure. So maybe they should have just stayed smaller. <laughs> Wish less people knew about them. <laughs> so at this time, was there anything else in terms of what you were seeing live oh, in geez. college? In college. Later. 
Yeah, later in college, I didn't do a ton. I would go with my friend a couple times when we'd go to Chicago and we'd check out like small shows. Sometimes like downtown Holland, we'd go to like the little open mic nights at the coffee shops or go listen to, we went to the intersection a couple times. I can't even remember who we saw there, but it was probably when I first started jumping back into like going to live music since from when I was younger and would go with my dad. And it was just, it was awesome. I loved everything about it. And I still do. I love the energy like in a venue, especially a small venue. Yeah. I mean, I think I went a little bit. I just didn't go, go probably as much as I would have liked, but I was also in college. So. All right. So then you moved to Las Vegas right after college. Yes. And this was huge for you because it just opened up even more opportunities for you to see live shows and with Las Vegas, I can only imagine I've not been, but I, you know, you have a variety of different venues that are putting on shows. And so you're seeing a variety of artists. Yeah, that was huge. Just the like constant availability to venues. And I mean, like it could be a Tuesday night and like, there's an awesome show going on and like, and then two nights later, there's another awesome show, but the sizes of venues, I mean, they have all the arenas and they have, they get all the huge tours that come through and those, right. those arena tours. But Vegas actually has a really big, like local music scene too. They had this really, really like eclectic festival. It wasn't even, I don't even know if you call it a festival. It was called like neon reverb and it was all local, like Vegas, California artists that would come and perform in these really small bars. And it was, it was just basically like a mini festival and you just got to see tons of cool local artists. So I started doing that. And then anytime other shows would come through, we had, like I said, the joint, we had the house of blues there. And then we had my favorite venue, which was the Brooklyn bowl. Which is, so Brooklyn Bowl in Brooklyn has a Brooklyn Bowl, and this was modeled after um, that. And that place really pulled in some, like, awesome names, and I saw a lot of great shows there. But, yeah, just a variety of different artists. My husband really was into, like, rap music growing up in the 90s, and so I started listening to stuff like that with him. We went to the Watch the Throne tour we were in the very last row Gosh. in the largest <laughs> arena that has ever existed until now because the Raider Stadium. But it was like the worst seats you could ever imagine. <laughs> but it was cool. It was yeah, good. But he had seen Kanye and Jay-Z both like in very small, intimate venues. So it wasn't very great for him. But it was it was oh, cool man. to see still. But yeah, just a variety of a variety of music, variety of artists, a variety of types of venues. And just constant availability of things. Our school district also got free tickets all the time, and that's how I saw Shania Twain. Okay. So that was like a that was like a teacher appreciation week. <laughs> they just like dropped off tickets in the office, and then they make an all call, and they're like, "Hey, we have Shania Twain tickets." Like and you started running. Exactly. I literally left the children <laughs> in my room and was sprinting down the hallway, and I I took those. <laughs> so then we went to that, and it was. Like I said, it was all my dreams came true yeah. because again, it was like a small venue and seeing this person like 20 years, well, maybe not 20 years after close. Yeah. Close to 20 years after I started listening to her perform the same songs, looking the same was just incredible. It was mm-hmm. awesome. She brought a horse on stage, a real live horse. It was wild. Whoa. <laughs> it was very strange, not but <laughs> also very 
amazing. <laughs> we'll just keep talking about Shania the rest of the <laughs> I know, seriously. Podcast. She's incredible. <laughs> yeah, it was great. I can't remember what. Oh, it was at the it was at Caesars Caesars at Caesars Palace. Okay, which is also where our school district gave us tickets to see Elton John, and the show right after us because he did like two shows a night. Some of my friends were there, and someone touched his piano, and he chucked his water and walked off stage and didn't finish the show. So I was super happy we went to the show Whoa. prior to that. Yeah, he invites people on stage for one of the songs. I don't remember what it is. But they're very particular about like, do not touch the piano. And some drunk Vegas guy like put his hands on the piano and like leaned on it and like laid on it. And he, yeah, chucked his water and was like, F this, I'm done. Did he chuck it at the person? <laughs> he just chucked it across the stage okay. and stormed off. And my friends who were there, because some of them were at that show, thought it was like part of the show. And they were just all waiting. <laughs> and finally, somebody came out and was like, the show is done. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So I was really fortunate to see the show prior to that that did not have water throwing and that ended. So That's crazy. Yeah. I, the, I mean, the thing to me is why did the whoever – Security. Decides to like, why did that guy get chosen if he was drunk? You know? Yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't even remember how they did the choosing, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. I'm sure that guy got fired. So, yeah. <laughs> so you mentioned, you know, your husband Trevor, you know, was super into hip hop, and I'm curious. You know, you mentioned Kanye and Jay Z. Were there any other artists that you were listening to? Or yeah. having an impact. Yeah. So I the graduation album, Kanye was Kanye was huge for me actually, even before I met my husband, because I remember driving to my first teaching job every day listening to that graduation album. Um, <laughs> so I just I re, that is like when Which, I whenever I hear the graduation album, that is I am taken back to driving down East Sahara, which was the road that my old, my first job was on, and just driving into that neighborhood and, and going into my first classroom. And so graduation was a huge album for me. And I, I did like Kanye as the years went on, but like I liked the heartbreak or is it, what is it? Heart 80s and the heartbreak. Heartbreaks, yeah. I was, I was fine with it, but that was, it was a little bit on the way out for me. I really liked Lupe Fiasco. I also really liked this guy called, named Kanan. Yeah. Have you ever heard of him? I have. I, I don't know. He is like from Somalia. Mm -hmm. um, I loved his music. I saw him at a Vegas nightclub as well. I saw Nelly, who was like my, like, I guess, was he like college era for me? I don't really. Yeah, was, high school. Yeah. High school. He was I like early aughts. Yeah. And he performed in a nightclub, like I was saying. And he and I, I, I just like, again, loved the energy of like the live, uh, the live music. But yeah, I'd say mainly, I, I mean, my big people were like Lupe Fiasco and, and Kanye West. Yeah. Is that something that you still listen to? Yeah. Any new artists? I do. I mean, new artists, like I do like, I like Chance the Rapper. I feel like as I've gotten older, I just like tend to like listen to like one genre of music. I don't branch out as much, but there is, and I, I also feel old when I listen to like rap music sometimes where I'm like, oh, I don't get it. Like I, like I just feel like I'm, I'm 
older now and I'm, I'm more like out of touch. So like my students will tell me about their favorite like rappers and I'm like, oh, okay, I got to look this up because <laughs> I hate feeling like I don't know. Mm-hmm. But no, I, I do really like Chance the Rapper. I think, he's, I think he's really good. One of the things that brought about an expanse of your, your taste in music was a festival in Las Vegas and yes. it's primarily alternative music. Yeah, there was, I mean, they had quite a few genres, but yeah, yeah, definitely more alternative. Right. Yeah, you got your. <laughs> I have my poster. Up. Poster up. That's the original. The Killers, Kings yes. of Leon, Beck. Empire Weekend. Yeah, that was great. Empire I of the am, Sun. I'm so jealous. But yeah. like, I mean, we're talking Empire of the Sun, The Passion Pit, Alabama Shakes, Childish Gambino. Childish Gambino. He was. That's when I left off. I loved Childish Gambino, and he was great live. Yeah, Portugal, um, the man. Janelle Monae was at that show too, and she wasn't very well known yet then. Oh yeah. Um, Heim. I never yeah. say it right. I always Heim, say Haim, but it's Heim. Yeah. They were there pretty much before they got bigger. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. So, I mean, it does it, – it, it was, I think, a little bit more alternative. They also tried to, like, throw in some classics. So, like, the next year that I went, like, Stevie Wonder was one of them, which oh. was, again, just, like, awesome. Like, Snoop Dogg performed. Like, they would just pull in just, like – just such a variety. And it was a Friday, Saturday, Sunday festival. My first year, I I took the Friday off of work so, because I got a three-day pass. So I went all three days. And I mean, it was so cheap. Like it was like $150 for all three days. <laughs> and that was what you got like right there. It's incredible. It was incredible. I'm like, now you'll pay like $150 to see like one of those bands. But yeah, it was just it was really cool to be part of like just it was very much like a grassroots like festival like very new it was live music on a whole new like level for me just because you could pop from like one stage to the next stage to the next stage and really since it was probably my first festival experience outside of that country festival that I would go to with my dad so yeah we've talked that you were thinking about going back out for this year yeah I don't know if I can swing it but like I feel like I'm too old for that but I would absolutely love to I I don't even know if single day passes are out yet like if they've said the days but I would yeah so many good memories I remember I saw the head and the heart performed they weren't even on a real stage because they were it was they were so new Um, they performed on some like side like it almost was like a shipping container kind of thing like a very small spot and I and it was it was it was so much fun it was one of the last shows of the night and I just remember like jamming out to them and being like these people are awesome and I actually just saw them last year before the shutdown when they were in Grand Rapids so was that at uh actually it was the October before but yeah it was at 20 Monroe yes that was where Head in the Heart was because I did see the Lumineers, but they were at the Van Yes. But Head in the Heart was at 20 Monroe Live, and, and that was awesome to see them there after, like I said. And I hadn't seen them since then, since probably whenever that was, 2012. So. Nice. Yeah. What is it about alternative music for you that you think is so appealing? I mean – I'd like to say the like words and the meanings behind it because then I sound deeper, but my husband always makes such fun of me because he's like, you just like the same sound. He's, he says all the bands I listen to have that same just like super like upbeat, but like 
not quite pop kind of sound. So I really do think I do go for like, I love the sounds of the Lumineers. I love the sounds of, like I said, Head in the Heart, Vampire Weekend. I love that like kind of upbeat, but not quite poppy, if that makes sense. Yeah. But then I feel like I also can take another turn and like when I listen to like the Alabama Shakes or like St. Paul and the Broken Bones and it's a little more like soulful and like rich, then I feel like I connect a little bit more to like the words and the meanings and and all of that. But a lot of times I just really like the positive like vibes it sends, even if the words aren't like – like Passion Pit's a perfect example. Yeah. Like I love their music and I'm like these words are – it's such a weird storyline, mm-hmm. but I love – like I just want to like dance or like sing in my car when I listen to Passion Pit. So, I mean, I think, yeah, I think it just depends on what it is that I'm listening to listening to at the time that kind of determines what it is that draws me to it too. Because, I mean, I'll still go back and, like, listen to some, like, current country music. Not a lot, but if, I feel like if it, if it sounds sounds upbeat, I'm, I'm, I'm good game. with it. Yeah. What's the current country that you – Oh, no, I, I should have been more prepared that you're going to ask me that. I mean, I guess <laughs> – so I really like this girl, Casey Musgraves. Yeah. I think I like female country singers more so. I don't think I necessarily am that – I don't really – I'm not really drawn to many male country singers anymore. But yeah, Casey Musgraves. I like Miranda Lambert. And then I've heard some like new ones on the radio that I don't really know who they are, but I'm like, oh, that sounds good. Oh, Elle King. She's kind of alternative. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, her dad is Rob Schneider. Did I you did know not that? know that. That is her dad. Wow. I saw Elle King at Life is Beautiful. I've seen her too. Yeah, she's she's great. And she kind of fits like a country vibe. And I think she even did a crossover with like Dierks Bentley. They did like a country oh. song together. So like little things like that, I'll like go back to that. And maybe with country too, it is more of the like words and the meaning behind it that I that I like too. But right. yeah, she's great. <laughs> she's like very uh she just has such a like unique voice. Yeah. Where did you see her? In Chicago. She nice. opened for, well, it was multiple bands because it was like a Christmas uh, concert. Oh, interesting. Like, you know, certain radio stations will put on like a Christmas show and they'll bring in a bunch of oh, okay, gotcha. artists. Yeah. And so like the alternative station in Chicago had her lovely the band oh yeah and death cab for cutie oh nice so Marin morris i remembered yeah. Marin morris is who the other country singer is that i was thinking of sorry nice yeah i think i just like edgy girls that's just my <laughs> <laughs> i guess that's exactly what i am drawn to is that because of something within your you know personality i mean or I, the fact that you're yeah maybe drawn as a woman Yeah, I think part of that and also like even if I think back to like the country music that I preferred, like it wasn't the Garth Brooks and the like even the what's her name, Faith Hill and like all of that. I was drawn to like Shania Twain because she was like driving a convertible in a leopard suit and didn't need no man and can bring a horse exactly can bring a horse on stage if she wants to. I think that is just more appealing to me and it's outside of the norm of the stereotypical like country artist, whether it be male or female. I just like the the pushing the limits more. I think that's why I like the Dixie Chicks like when they were 
when they were out and even more so now that they're out of country music just because, yeah, I think that just, I'm, I'm drawn a little bit more to, to the ones who want to smash it all. <laughs> I'm surprised you're not like a Rage Against the Machine fan. No, I'm not like angry and I don't, I mean, sometimes I am, but I mean, I don't want to like smash things when I listen well, to hold, music. Hold up. We talked during lunch. <laughs> we did. About. A Rage Room. A rage room, <laughs> and for those that don't know, this is a, a this is an actual thing where you can go into a room with like a bat and you can break Smash things. Smash mirrors, it. yeah. It's a real th- See, I don't uh, even, thing. I don't even know how I would react to that. I don't know if I would even like that. That would make oh, me I, a little bit uncomfortable. I think, like, well, now who's gonna fix this or like what's yeah. gonna like? I'm just so used to like cleaning who's crap up. Clean <laughs> yeah, that I'm like, I would just. Yeah, I'm not – I yeah. I like edgy in terms of, like, the lyrics they're saying and, like, the fact that they don't have to just sing about men and, like, men breaking their heart. They can sing about, you know, whatever they want to sing about mm-hmm. versus, like, the stereotypical country music. But, yeah, I don't I don't know. I don't think I want to break anything with a bat. <laughs> I think I just feel weird about it. <laughs> like, this isn't normal. <laughs> I can't do this in real life. I shouldn't be doing this right here. <laughs> So you and your husband, you moved back to Grand Rapids, and that's when that's when I met you. Yes, around that time. And since then, what are you? What have you been listening to? What's holding you captive? So yeah, when we moved back, I mean, because we had two little kids, and like we were in a new city, and everything was just new. We didn't really go to many shows, and I started to like really get that itch back, like. It was probably like last year where I was like, I just need to start going to shows again. Like that is like part, like I, I can't describe the feeling when I'm at a live show. My husband doesn't get it, but he is like, sure, whatever <laughs> we can go. He like, doesn't like crowds. So it's never, it's not his thing, but he will willingly go. But yeah, I mean, I think that just and then COVID hit and then COVID hit. We went to head in the heart. There was a tornado that night. We like were hiding in the basement of the Amway, and I was like, "If I miss this damn show, that I have not seen a show in like three years because of a tornado." And I thought it was an ambulance. And then this guy walked by, and he's like, "Oh, that's a tornado siren. You need to like go find cover." So we were in the Amway basement, and finally it like let up, and we couldn't get an Uber because it was like so chaotic. Yeah. And so we like sprinted from the Amway to the. 20 men are alive. I don't even know how far apart that is. It, that's that's some distance. It, yeah. I so mean, we ran and it was raining. It's several <laughs> blocks. And we got there and yes, they were we we like walked in and we're like, did you guys know there was a tornado? And they're like, Yeah, they just kept playing though. Like the opening band was just still <laughs> playing. So we didn't even miss anything and we went to it and it was amazing and I loved it and I felt so great. So then I was like, right <laughs> after that. Right after that, I was like, oh my gosh, the Lumineers are coming to Grand Rapids. And the Lumineers, I I really didn't talk about them much. They were huge for me. And I think I've told you this before, but like when I was pregnant, I would play the Lumineers. Like I had like the belly buds that I would put on my stomach and I would play the Lumineers all the time because they were my favorite band at the time. And then after my son was born, like any time where he was like not – he was just – you know, like beside himself when he was really little, we would put on that sleep on the floor song by Lumineers or flowers in her hair. 
And he, I swear to you, I'm not making this up. He would like legitimately calm down. And I really do think part of that was just that was he was was comforted by it because he had heard it so much. But anyways, the Lumineers I loved so much. They came to Vegas maybe once or twice, but whatever, it never lined up that I got to go see them. They were actually at Red Rocks, I think, in Colorado that I wanted to go to, but that never worked out. So anyways, they came to Van Andel and, and we got to see them. And it was probably two weeks before COVID. Um, I'm yeah, so that sounds about right. Yeah, it was like the end of February. So it was it was an incredible show. And I was that was the last show that I saw. <laughs> so depressing. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I I I keep listening to new stuff. I find so much new stuff that I like. I mean, part of that is I have like on um my XM radio, I always like for a while I was like, I can give it up. And now, and then I'm like, I just I can't because I love my alt nation on XM. <laughs> so I'd say currently I love Rainbow Kitten Surprise. Do you know who yeah. they are? I, I, I really like their music. It has that slight edginess, like yeah. where there's like a, an voice. F word every once in a while that just like makes me feel awesome to sing. And yeah, his voice is great. I love Sir Sly. I'm like Material Boy. I love that song. Yeah. I saw them open for the killers. Sir Sly? Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And Portugal, or no, not Portugal, man, but uh, Foster the People. Oh, Foster the People. I like Glass Animals right now, and I like Tones and I. Um, Glass Animals is huge. They got huge. Yeah, heat waves. Yeah. They got really big in the last like six months, I feel like, six months to a year. Heat waves is like, it's rare for nowadays, it's rare for an, an alternative song to be on the hot 100 yeah yeah and it's in the top like 40 yeah it is weird because once in a while when i turn my xm off and if i'm just on like the regular morning like pop station like they'll play glass animals and i'm like oh weird it's like a kings of leon all over like where like that alternative all of a sudden was very quickly mainstream they're actually going to be at life is beautiful um this fall nice yeah so yeah i mean i think that's those are my those are my big ones right now there's definitely more, and I'm gonna like drive home and be like, "Oh, this, <laughs> right?" But we've talked a lot about the live experience. What is it about live shows that is so not just appealing, but something that you want to continually be a part of? I mean, I think just like seeing the performance part of it is huge. So like like what you said with the King, with Kings of Leon like not moving I can like see how that would be so like unappealing but so the performance part of it for me I I love like that's even though the Lumineers we saw in that arena show the performance they put on and like the instruments and like all of it like the energy is just so like powerful just I I love like being a part of it and I love like ex- experiencing it and just what it makes me feel like afterwards I mean. I feel like every time I leave a show, I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't wait to go to another show. Yeah. It's just such a, like such a high. And it kind of brings me back to like, again, when I like first moved to Vegas and would go to shows by myself and I was just in packed like GA, you know, areas, just like totally feeling the music and like loving everything about it. And it just like brings you right back to that. And it's like, yeah, I have a babysitter at home and like two kids and I definitely have to wake up at 6am, but like for right now, I don't care. And I like love everything about it. And I think just seeing those people that you listen to over and over and over again, seeing them like do their thing and like really just like put it all out there is just, 
it's just incredible. And I, mm-hmm. yeah. Now you just have me like nostalgic for a show. <laughs> <laughs> now I just want to go home and buy concert tickets, but I, I can't. <laughs> well, they're, they're out now. They're starting. But yeah. it just, uh, <clears throat> I don't know. I'm, I'm in a, like just a cautious phase, right. I think, because you just don't know. Right. I know I'm hoping summer there's some outdoor opportunities, you know, just to right. kind of get back into that. But yeah, you're right. I mean, going back into a jam-packed space is definitely not like I think it would be so uncomfortable right now, but I mean, hopefully not forever. Yeah. But yeah, I can't wait. Oh, me too. I, that's, you know, we've talked about it. It's like the the one thing that we probably miss the most. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. During this whole year and a half. Agreed. <laughs> Difference. Agreed. So for sure. Yeah. As a teacher, I'm curious, you know, even though you're a math teacher, <clears throat> what do you do with music in your class? Or I'm have sound done? really lame because I, currently I don't and I should. I used to when I was like a new, fresh, young, like super ambitious hip all of it (laughs) i always don't don't, we don't want you to get fired (laughs) no i always would do music monday and so as the kids were coming in because i always do a warm-up when i start and so like as they came in and as they did their warm-up and before like it was like a four minute song usually or a three minute song um, i would play one of my favorite like songs of that time yeah and like it was, it, I don't know, they loved it because they didn't know any of the music that I listened to. And so they would come in and like, and they'd be super quiet and they'd like be trying to listen, but also like working. Um, And I, I mean, I really need to just get back into doing that again because it was a cool, like, I think insight for them into like my life and what I liked. And I also just thought it was cool for them to like listen to, you know, I try to really have a variety of music, not just all one thing. Yeah just so I could, you know, hopefully connect with different kids on, you know, in a different way. But um, yeah, Music Mondays, that used to be something I did and I don't anymore. And I feel like a bad teacher. So thanks for that. Oh, I'm sorry. No, now you motivated me. So maybe next year I will bring that back because it is like math is a weird subject where like you, they really are just, they don't see much of you as a person because you're not like writing or sharing or talking about your, you know, what you're reading or what your interests very much like, you know, make this box and whisker plot. Yeah. Which is what we're doing today. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I think that's a good way to incorporate it, just playing it. I also play music in my class. I don't connect it to math. Yeah. But when it's quiet, like if I want them to work quietly, I have a, I have like some good playlists on here that are just real mellow, like jams and just you know, and things that they seem to enjoy, but I'll never like put music on there that they know. Cause then they're like, ah, oh, they want to like sing it. <laughs> so I just, I only put things that they wouldn't know on there, but I do, I do have my playlist for that for sure. Nice. What is it about music that makes us enjoy it so much? Why do we listen to music? I mean, it sounds good, right? It's better than silence. (laughs) Like you think about, I mean, I do love a good podcast, but I mean, when I get in my car, like that's what, what I want to hear. And I mean, I think they're 
they're writers, so they say things that like we don't have the eloquence to say. And then again, back to like what I, I think I just love like the upbeat or even the sad. Like when I feel sad and I'm like, let me listen to super depressing song. It's just it encompasses all the emotions and I don't think there's a lot of things that really can do that other than music. Um, I mean, I guess like conversation, but it's just different. Right. Well, thank you for doing this. Yeah. Well, yeah. Thanks for having me. Yeah. It was good. I liked it. Absolutely. Thank you for listening to Soundtrack with Kyle Lichty. Each person interviewed has created a playlist of the very songs that have impacted their life. If you are interested in listening to their playlist, you can head straight to our website at soundtrack.fireside.fm. Click on Soundtrack Playlist and it will take you straight to their playlist on Spotify. If you like the podcast and want to know more, check out our Instagram at Soundtrack Podcast or leave us a review on your podcast platform of choice. Join us next time on Soundtrack.